From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. Good evening and welcome to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. My name is Cedric Granger. I'm your host for today. As on today's episode, we have a good one for you as we are getting to celebrate the end of February as it's the last day and moving on to March, which is known for springtime. And speaking of spring, we will talk a lot about spring training with the Cincinnati Reds and what's been going on down there in Arizona for spring training for the Reds. In addition, we'll talk a lot about Ohio men's basketball, Ohio women's basketball, baseball, and softball, and do a nice little whip around of all the college sports going on on campus and even off campus with Ohio University. Then we'll talk a little bit about national college basketball, the crazy weekend plus the games this week with a special focus on the Big Ten. And then lastly, we'll talk a little bit about some of the local teams, the Blue Jackets and the Cleveland Cavaliers, as well as deliver the hot pick for tonight. But once again, thank you for joining me here on this nice evening. It was about 60 degree day, very nice weather, very pleasant. As you can feel, spring is really knocking on that door. And it just makes me smile to see the Cincinnati Reds back in action, even if it is just spring training. And again, having those sports back Just brings a smile to my face as we're going to have some Cincinnati Reds baseball coming up soon on the radio before we know it. By the end of the next month, which is coming up tomorrow, we will have Cincinnati Reds baseball back on the air. And we'll get to talk about it on the Sports Fan as well as Athens baseball, which you'll get to hear a little bit more about coming up this Friday when we have Trevor Stevens, the Sports Information Director at Athens High School, who will come in to help preview the baseball and softball seasons for Athens High School. But with that said, let's get started into our show today. First off, we'll talk about Ohio men's basketball. With this being our first show of the week, we'll recap what happened this past weekend. And last Saturday, it was a weekend that the Bobcats would want to forget. The green and white, they went to match up against their biggest rivals in the Battle of the Bricks in Miami of Ohio. While the Red Hawks were looking for revenge, Ohio was looking for the sweep, and Miami ended up getting their revenge. They won 85-68 over the Bobcats, a game in which it was really close throughout the first half. It was only a 40-38 game in favor of the Red Hawks. But then after that, things kind of just fell apart in the second half as Malachi Larry, the star guard for Miami, who got a little bit stifled the first time that the Cats matched up against the Red Hawks, he ended up going off. 26 points, 9 for 15 from the field, and he devastated this Ohio defense. And then for the Bobcats, they did have a couple of bright spots. Dwight Wilson III, as always, pretty consistent, went for 19. Also, Jalen Hunter um, also went for 19 points in that day, but just did not get a lot from anybody else. In terms of the bench, they just did not get a lot of points there. They only got eight bench points throughout the day, so just not a lot of production um, coming from there. And it just really was mainly the starting lineup that got in there. And even with the starting lineup, a lot of guys not having their best performances as well, too. And Ohio, they were really do one of these games, especially before you head into your conference tournament and you're on such a big win streak, it's really hard to keep that up. However, if there's any team that the Cats hate losing to in the Mid-American Conference, it's the Miami Redhawks. So Miami, with that win, though, they now are in the mix as they move up to the eighth spot in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. So Miami really doing a good job of getting hot late in the season. They have all the right tiebreakers, and now they control their own destiny to have a spot in the MAC Tournament and probably get to play Toledo. Nevertheless, even though Ohio lost 
on Saturday. They'll have another chance to get back on track. However, it'll be a very tough task because they're going to match up against Kent State coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. And you can listen to that on Power 105 pregame. Going to be starting really soon with either Marty Bannister or Russ Eisenstein. Uh, But with that game, Kent State, they're a tough opponent. They're sitting at second place in the entire Mid-American Conference. Toledo is in first right now. Kent State is two. Akron is three. Ball State four. Ohio five. NIU six. Buffalo seven. And Miami of Ohio eight are the eight teams that would be in the MAC tournament field if the season were to end today with two games to go for each team. Ohio getting Kent State tonight and Bowling Green. They are firmly in no matter what. However, it's all about just trying to stay in position and stay in front of NIU. They do have a head-to-head tiebreaker over NIU. So the Cats can clinch the fifth seed at least tonight if they are able to win against Kent State. And if Kent State loses and Toledo wins tonight, then Toledo will clinch the number one seed. So there's a lot of clinching and a lot of standings that are on the line here tonight. But what's good for the Cats is that no matter what, they are going to get in to the MAC tournament. And given their results earlier this season, they have wins over Ball State. They have wins over Akron. So they would not be afraid to be in that five spot or that six spot. However, if you fall any farther than that, making probably fall as far as seven, you might get some tough matchups against either Toledo or Kent State, which is a team that Ohio did not get blown out by. They actually did compete pretty well in that game against Kent State. It was one of their only losses at the Convocation Center. Actually, I believe it still is their only loss at the Convocation Center throughout this entire season, which is pretty impressive as both Ohio men's basketball and Ohio football have been dominant at home this season. Really good year to be a Bobcat. However, they did lose that game to Kent State 72-65 back when that happened. Uh, We'll check the date for that. Uh, But Ohio and Kent State, yeah, they played on January 13th, 2023, so kind of at the beginning of the semester while students were still coming back to the school so probably not the biggest crowd for that day. But and nevertheless, Kent State did come in. They did get the result that they won, especially in that second half. They did create a little separation. They were able to kind of flip the script of the game. Where Ohio did control early, and then Kent State started to just overpower the Bobcats later on. And Ohio, they're going to need big games from their bench as well as from Dwight Wilson III. He had 27 in that first matchup. He is a tough matchup for most teams in the MAC, and Kent State is no different. So I'd expect Ohio to try to feed him early and often. And as for the Bobcats, they're just going to have to find ways to stop some of the best players on this Kent State squad. I mean, you got tons of talent all over the place. You got Marine Thomas. As well, he's a guy that's going to be uh, pretty tough to stop for the Bobcats team. Also, Malik Jacob has been having a great season um, for Kent State. So those are the type of guys in which they're going to need to find answers for. And if Ohio can do that, they'll be in good shape. However, having to play on the road against Kent State is going to be a very tough task. But it's not impossible. They still have a chance to win. And even if they do lose, it's a nice way to have an opportunity to kind of tune yourself up a little bit as you're working your way into the MAC tournament, which is where it's really all going to come down to. If you're Ohio, you want to try to get first or at least try to get second in that tournament because if you can, you can either get into the NCAA tournament, obviously, with a win. But if you do also get second, you can also get a spot in the NIT, which would be a pretty good tournament to get into as well for this Ohio Bobcats team. So still everything is in front of Ohio, no matter what happens tonight. However, this should be a big measuring stick for the Bobcats. So moving on from the men's side to the women's side, the Ohio Bobcats now are officially out of the race for the MAC tournament in women's basketball. And uh, that happened because of two losses back-to-back. They needed to win three out of their last four games, and it really came down to seeing if they could win that game against Western Michigan, and they were unable to do so. So now they are officially eliminated from a spot in the MAC tournament right now. There's not really any scenarios where they can really make it back up, especially given um, all the head-to-head matchups that are there. So tough for this Bobcat squad. However, there are... 
chances to really get some positive momentum going into next season. They get Miami. They get them at home. You have a rivalry game where no matter what happens, having a chance to sweep your rival would be huge. And they close off the season against Eastern Michigan, a team that they went on the road and beat as well. So one thing to keep in mind is each of these two teams will be looking for revenge in those matchups specifically. However, the Bobcats, they're going to have their home crowd right behind them. And I think that should be something that could really help them to have just some positive momentum and propel them into next season. That's what you really are building towards at this point. It was a very young Bobcat squad. The green and white also experienced a lot of injuries this year as well, too. It was brutal, brutal throughout this entire season. So just hope that the Cats can be able to finish the season strong and just keep some good positive energy going and really retain all the players as well. And we'll see what happens with Bob Bolden as well, too, and see if he can continue to recruit and pull in some high-level players to supplement this team, uh, whether it's through the transfer portal or just through some of the players continuing to develop. Before we go to break, we'll go check on a couple of the other OU sports. So we got Ohio Baseball, who had that crazy 27-9 win over Navy in last weekend's battle. They went 1-2 and two during that first weekend with wins over a uh, win over Navy, but losses to Virginia, the ACC and UNC Wilmington, who was hosting the tournament. Then they went on a four game stretch this past weekend against Western Kentucky, and they matched up against the Hilltoppers on the road in Bowling Green, not Ohio, but Bowling Green, Kentucky. And they fared. Okay. They lost the first three games. They lost one to 14 the first day. They lost six to nine on, on Saturday in the first game of the doubleheader. And then in the second game of the doubleheader, they came ever so close, losing 8-9. to nine. As you could tell, the Cats had really big improvement from Friday, Saturday uh, compared to Friday. And then on Sunday, they closed off the series very well, winning the last game against Western Kentucky, winning 6-4 to four in that matchup. And that really goes to show that the Cats have been doing a good job of finishing really well on the weekends and making sure that they can close out these series pretty strong. I mean, again, having some really tough competition against Virginia and UNC Wilmington and teams that are down south and being able to exercise those demons in the last game against Navy was huge. And then a Western Kentucky team that was undefeated. They were a perfect 7-0 and on the season before the Ohio Bobcats were able to give them their first loss. So, again, in those series, just trying to steal one if you can. When you're a team that plays in the North, you have to always play all these road games. And that's very tough on a lot of the players. And I am an RA in the dorm, and I live with a lot of these baseball players and everything. And they'll talk to me about how tired they are because they have to always like travel every single weekend and not really getting those home series, which fortunately for them, it is coming up soon, about 11 or 12 days. They'll have the Bowling Green series at home as well as the Central Michigan series, which is Probably the toughest matchup on this MAC slate is CMU. Probably the most talented team in the MAC, arguably. However, again, just being able to come up with those opportunities, make sure you pick up wins when you can, is huge. Just to generate some momentum, it's really going to come down to the MAC schedule, of course, in terms of being able to qualify uh, for the tournament at the end of the season. Uh, but some of the players with some uh, standout performances, Mason Minzy at a homer. Uh, in the game as well that was in the eighth inning to really cement Ohio's lead and then another one that was uh, pretty good we had Casper Bauer have an RBI single scoring AJ Rouch Uh, AJ Rouch also had a good job of uh, putting in a single as well to score Nick Dolan so a couple of players really making early impact on this Ohio season we can actually go check through uh, some of the players that are doing the best so far in terms of batting averages and Mason Minzy and AJ Roush, who we uh, mentioned earlier, both batting over 320 already on the season. Also, Will Sturrock, Colin Casper Bauer batting over 250 uh, to start off the year as well. So those guys expected to be some of the leaders of this team as a lot of the younger guys are also getting opportunities to work their way in and get a chance to see what the improvement is like from last year to this year, as well as with a lot of guys that went through the summer league, they had opportunities to get a lot better during those times as well. And now they get to see what's going to happen and now get to really apply what they learned from summer 
into their college seasons. So what's next for Ohio baseball? Well, they do have quite a slate coming up. They're going to go against Southern Illinois coming up this weekend. It'll be a three-game series. They'll start off on Friday, and then they'll play Saturday and Sunday, all afternoon games. And then the big one, our big SEC matchup of the year, will be at Kentucky on SEC Plus TV. Um, So that'll be a big challenge for this Bobcats team. They'll play that game in the middle of the week next Wednesday. And I'll remind you that Ohio did take down Kentucky last year, which is pretty interesting. And I have a friend who goes to Mississippi State named James. So shout out, James, if you're listening here. Uh, But I know as Mississippi State Bulldogs, they went from national champions to finishing last in the SEC below Kentucky. Uh, So I was always like bragging to him how Ohio, they beat Kentucky and Kentucky finished higher in the SEC standings than Mississippi State did. So I kind of use that as a point of smirking at him and being able to get a little bit of leverage. Uh, Even though, of course, the SEC Baseball League, that's a whole different animal as many of the top 25 teams in the nation, including the number one team in LSU, uh, play in the SEC. And it is brutal to find your footing over in that conference. However, it's nice that Ohio does get opportunities to play some schools from the SEC and many other MAC schools do as well to try to pull off an upset and maybe steal one in a series or even win the series if they can. And Ohio will get a chance to face off against Kentucky next Wednesday in baseball. And then we'll close it out with a little bit of softball. Ohio is 3-9 and nine so far in the softball season as they've played a couple of tough series. They've had some ranked opponents so far on the year as well. They play number 14 Duke, number 18 LSU. And again, when you play teams like that, it's really hard for Uh, mid-major teams to pull off victories in those games but it's a nice measuring stick and it's a nice challenge to see where your team is at against the best and if you challenge yourself in the non-conference you're going to be doing a lot better of a job of adapting once conference play hits so conference play it's not till March 17th at the end of uh, the student spring break uh, so to speak but there will be a lot more tests for this softball team and with this team and this program having a lot of momentum and a lot of energy to it, and the reason I say that is because they've even had some games where they broke records last year in terms of attendance. Um, of course, I'm thinking about that Ohio State game that they had, and then also had that really awesome Marshall game where they came back from a huge deficit. I believe they were down 7-1, to and they won 8-7 to at the end of it. I mean, there's just a lot of things to smile about about this program. They are under new leadership as well this year as the coaching has changed right now this year as Jenna Hall is in her first season as the head coach of the softball team. So we'll see how her first season goes at the helm of the green and white. But that takes us to our first break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit of national college basketball when we return on the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. As a parent, you know you can't prevent every accident. Add a mouth guard to your child's sports or recreational equipment list to help prevent the impact of a painful and costly facial injury. If your child does sustain a facial injury, seek an evaluation from an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. OMSs are experts in handling injuries to the face, mouth, and jaws. Learn more at myoms.org. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Cedric Granger, your host for this afternoon, joining you live from the WATH studios at Power 105 and 970 WATH. Got both stations right next to each other here at our newer location on Columbus Road. It's been fantastic ever since we've moved here. It's already felt like home to us. Really spacious studio as well. Just an overall great upgrade ever since we've done our merger with Total Media based in Jackson. 
But let's jump back into the sports talk as we had a very exciting weekend of college basketball, to say the least, as road teams, they made it happen on the road in rivalry games. We saw a lot of underdogs go into road venues and quiet the crowd. Quiet in the crowd. We saw it with Arizona State hitting a Hail Mary buzzer beater to take down their rivals, Arizona. We saw it with Florida State pulling off that big win over the Miami Hurricanes, who were in the top 25. Um, Florida State only won about eight or nine games on this season, yet they were able to come back from 20-plus points down to beat Miami. I mean, there were some just insane finishes. And in the Big Ten, there were a couple of those as well. We'll talk about some of the Saturday game action if you missed it. It was Iowa and Michigan State where MSU, they led big Going into the last minute and a half where Michigan State was given about a 99.9% chance to win. And nevertheless, there's a reason why they always leave that 0.1%. It's because anything can happen. And we saw a miracle happen in that last couple of times. We'll say here with 96, it was 96-86. Michigan State was beating Iowa by 10 with 48 seconds left. And after that, it was all Iowa. They had to hit every single three. And what did they do? They hit every single three. Their shot was as gold as their jerseys were that day. And they ended up coming back to win. They forced it into an overtime. And then they were able to outduel Michigan State. And I think Iowa punched their ticket into the NCAA tournament with a win like that on their home floor. And hope anybody in that crowd did not leave the game early because if you did... Oh, you're going to be regretting that for the rest of your life. Then following that up, we had the Battle of Indiana. As we had Indiana taking on Purdue. Indiana had the big win over the Boilers earlier on this season. I'm sure Purdue was looking for revenge. But right now, it seems like the Hoosier State, it's called the Hoosier State for a reason because Indiana defeated Purdue on the road in Boilermaker country, 79-71. And I'm sure if you are a fan of the Indiana Hoosiers, you've got to be buzzing after that. As even though Purdue has one of the best players in the nation in Zach Eady, Indiana, they just were able to outduel them again and not showing any fear as uh, instead of... Uh, Trice Jackson Davis today, it was uh, Jalen hood Shafino who was just absolutely going crazy for IU. 35 points, 7 rebounds, and he really put this team on his back, almost scoring 50% of the points. He just could not be stopped, and despite Indiana being down at the end of one, they really took it to Purdue to really take some dominance in this rivalry game and rivalry series where Purdue has seemed to have the upper hand for the most part over these last couple of years, but that makes both Indiana men's basketball and women's basketball with sweeps over Purdue. Then another game that went final, Nebraska did defeat Minnesota. So Nebraska is now 8-10 in conference as well. So some pretty impressive work for the Cornhuskers this year, even though they are still third to last in the standings. They're right there in that mix. And a team that isn't in that mix, unfortunately, throughout the last couple of weeks has been Ohio State, who were on a huge losing streak until Sunday as they took down the Illinois Fighting Illini, 72-60. to Ohio State, they desperately needed that win, and they were able to get it thanks to a really good effort from Sensiball, who had a really good dunk where he posterized the defender for the Fighting Illini. Also, Bruce Thornton with a good game for himself, a young guy who's going to be expected to be one of the future contributors of this Ohio State team and has really been a contributor throughout this season already. And he had 20 points in that win as Ohio State. They are still way out of it for NCAA tournament appearances. But if they can win the Big Ten tournament, they still have a small shot. And that's something you got to like about college basketball, you know. You have that opportunity to still get in there, still compete, and you might have a chance to punch your ticket if you're able to do well enough. So props to Ohio State for just really being able to stay in it. And uh, we'll see what Coach Holtman's squad has the rest of the way. As Ohio State, there are some challenges still ahead as they will have the Maryland Terrapins as well as the Michigan State Spartans. Spartans are on the road. Maryland is a ranked team coming to Value City Arena. So another opportunity for Ohio State to pull off a win against a tournament team. Speaking of big wins, also the Michigan Wolverines had an insane 
ending against Wisconsin where with 1.1 seconds left, Hunter Dickinson, the big man for Michigan, he made a turnaround three at the buzzer to send it to OT. And now the Badgers, their season is on life support after that loss. They lost 87-79 to to the Wolverines on the road. And after that, it just was pretty much they're done. 16-12 and 12 is probably not going to cut it to get into the tournament. And if they want to get in, they will need to win out and probably win a good amount of tournament games. Is What they have left, they have Purdue, which is a good chance for a big win, which is pretty much if you lose, you're out, you win, you might have a chance to get in. And then Minnesota is a winnable game for most teams in the Big Ten. So Badgers may still be alive, but losing to Michigan is really going to hurt their case. And speaking of being alive, the Michigan Wolverines, they're third in the Big Ten now, but still on the bubble, which is really an anomaly, having a team do so well in the Big Ten Conference. But it's just been such a series where everybody has been just right around 500, where people are all worked in at that 9-8 and to 10-7 and to eight and ten to eight and nine sort of area and speaking of teams like that we have Rutgers and Penn State Rutgers is ten and eight Penn State eight and ten in conference Rutgers got to eighteen and eleven with a big win on the road at the Bryce Jordan Center winning 59-56 it was a must win game for the Scarlet Knights and they were able to take care of it as right now this whole NCAA tournament field is starting to get really congested right now as you have a lot of teams that are really vying for those spots with deep conferences all over the place the Big East the Big Ten the Big 12 you have so many teams that would be right there in that mix so bracketology it's going to be interesting it really is going to be interesting and I was having discussions with some other people uh, including Dylan Westmeyer who's been rotating on the sports fan as well and he was talking about hey maybe Kent's State can be an at-large, and I just outright disagreed with them because with the way that college basketball is shaping up with the major conferences, there's just so much depth in those leagues that those teams are going to get a lot more respect in terms of the FPI rankings, and that's going to make it very hard for any group of five team that does not win their conference to be able to make it in to the tournament. So if you're a group of five team, a mid-major program, No matter how good your regular season was, you need to win your conference tournament because there is not going to be a lot of space for you if you can't make it, unless you're maybe uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's might be the only exceptions to that rule and maybe a few in the Big East, but that's a major program, major for uh, college basketball. But if we talk any other conferences, though, these spots are going to be slim, so you have to win your conference if you want a spot in the NCAA tournament. But let's go to talk about what's going to go on tonight in NCAA college basketball. We already have a game that is underway. We have Marquette and Butler in the Big East. Number six, Marquette on the road trying to avoid any upsets against the Butler Bulldogs. And then it'll be Clemson and Virginia. Clemson spent a lot of time in the top 25, probably a tournament team. And they will match up against Virginia, trying to pull off an upset. UVA, they did have a rough week last week, losing to Boston College. So it could be a get-right week for Ben Vanderplas, OU transfer uh, for Virginia and his squad to try to get back on track. Other games tonight, Iowa and Indiana is a little bit of an intriguing game on ESPN2 tonight. Indiana, they're at home. They're coming off the big win over Purdue, where campus is sure to be buzzing However, Iowa also coming off of a big win. So you got two teams that are feeling really good about themselves, but one of them's not going to be feeling so good after tonight. Got Texas Tech and Kansas. Kansas always at the top of the Big 12, and they're really starting to create some separation, cementing themselves as the top dogs in the Big 12, like usual. And this needs to be a game where they have to take care of business. Texas Tech. They are always a tough out for anybody. The whole Big 12 is. That's why we saw West Virginia take down Iowa State yesterday and Baylor struggle to put away Oklahoma State. There's just no easy games in the Big 12, so Kansas still needs to bring their A game if they want to take down the Red Raiders. And then we got a couple other bonus games. You got Arkansas and Tennessee. Arkansas, really talented team as well, so Tennessee who's still clinging in that top 15, will need to bring it against Arkansas. Arkansas trying to cleave their way back up to above 500 and kind of fight for better placement in the SEC tournament. You have AM at Ole Miss. Ole Miss really struggling this season. AM trying not to go 0 for 2 with this Mississippi road trip, already losing to Mississippi State on Saturday. 
And AM, they have been a really positive story. They started off the year in the top 25, then kind of fell off, and then snuck their way back up into the standings. And now they're 13 and 3 in conference, one of the best conference records in the country for any league. And speaking of good conference records, you got a battle between two teams that are the class of the Mountain West Conference. I know Carl Blaylock right now, he's got to be hyped for this matchup. Is it San Diego State? and Boise State. San Diego State, 23-5, and 14-2 in conference. One of the best teams in all of college basketball. And with the Mountain West, it's just one of those teams that's, or leagues that's so good that you can almost consider it a major conference with the amount of respect that they continue to get from the March Madness and from the committee who determines the spots in the NCAA tournament. And I expect this one to be a great one. Boise State, they're at home. This could be about as big of an opportunity to take down San Diego State as it gets. And that game will be on at 9 o'clock. As we got a good basketball slate tonight. If you're a basketball fan like me, it'll be great just to be able to go kind of whip around as I'm working on my homework. Or in your guys' case, either resting after a hard day of work or just being able to spend some time with family. Want to turn on the game with like your son or your brother, your dad, your friends or anything like that. Or going to a bar uh, to grab a beer, or grab any sort of drink and watch a game. You're going to have a lot of stuff to be able to watch. And that's something that you really can't ask for much more than if you are a college basketball fan. So a lot of action coming up tonight. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds who are back on the field as they have an opportunity now to get right before the season starts with a little bit of spring training on the diamond out at Goodyear Park in Arizona. So let's check in on the Cincinnati Reds. We'll do that when we come back on the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Ohio is conducting a study to find a new and more sustainable way to fund the maintenance of our roads and bridges. To learn more and to provide input, visit ohioroadfunding.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Transportation and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Cedric Granger with 970 WATH. Welcome you back to the Sports Fan on this beautiful evening where the sunset is absolutely gorgeous out the window that I'm looking at right now as it was a nice clear evening and it was nice to see a beautiful sunset. It's always wonderful having that nice drive through the hills coming over here to the station and seeing this nice beautiful sunset and we're getting to the point where the days are starting to get just a little bit longer. And you know what that means. It means baseball season is coming back. And the Cincinnati Reds are back on the diamond for spring training. Obviously, same as preseason with any sport. You don't need to win these games necessarily. But I'm sure winning feels a little bit better than losing. As the Reds, they've split it down the middle through four games. They beat the Guardians to start things off, then lost to the Giants and the Rangers, and then they beat the Dodgers this afternoon 7-1. to But what's more important than winning and losing these games is just being able to see which players are really starting to pop on this team and really starting to figure out the questions that really lie with this Reds team. And there's a lot of them, but one of the main ones is just really who's going to step up to be a starting pitcher and really join San Martin as a lefty arm in this lineup. It's really going to be a weakness to this team. And the Reds, they really desperately need somebody to step up. Also, one of the debates will be who's really going to step up to be the guy at center field. When we look at the depth chart right now, Nixon Zell kind of is set to be that guy, or at least on paper. But there might be a player that could kind of steal that from him who's really popped throughout spring training, and that's been Will Benson. As Will Benson, he's done a good job on the base pass, being able to come up with a couple of steals, maybe a part of how the um, new rules with the pitch clock have may have adjusted that, but also he's shown some really great explosion 
as well on the base paths. Getting on base also at a pretty high clip and a pretty decent batting average to start off the summer campaign as well. Was batting 750 going into today's game, but I don't think he had the best day. So we'll have to check the adjusted stats and then we'll be able to kind of track where he is going. But yeah, Benson still, yes, batting 750 right now at four at-bats. So three for four. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that with four at-bats throughout the season. Also had some pretty impressive catches. And one thing that's pretty interesting with the spring training ballpark for the Cincinnati Reds is that it is a much bigger field than um, what you'd see at Great American Ballpark. So as a center fielder, when you have much more area to cover, that can really showcase your skills and your talents a lot better and really showcase if you're ready for the big leagues. And uh, Will Benson, the guy who came up last year, around August, I believe, um, had a chance to get to have a couple of reps here and there, but now this is a chance for him to really take that big step up and getting a chance to practice and warm up on the season in a bigger center field is going to help him out a lot once the season comes as there still will be tons of different things that the Reds will be deciding on as again most metric projecting to have a really rough season especially given what happened last year and not really much talent and I wouldn't say much talent. I think there is a lot of talent, but it's more like a lot of the talent is young. I think that's the most accurate assessment with the Cincinnati Reds team. However, there is a lot of things to look up to. Obviously, Hunter Green, one of my favorite pitchers personally, and he's a guy who I'm really excited to get to watch uh, for the Cincinnati Reds this year as a starting pitcher. Um, and once again, you guys can always listen to all the games once the season starts. It'll be with Tommy Thrall and Jeff the Cowboy Brantley, and you can listen to that here on 970 WATH, where we'll have all the action for Cincinnati Reds baseball. But it's sure to be a season that's going to be very interesting. I'm hoping for a much better start, and I know all of Reds Nation is really praying for a better start. You can't start the season 3-22. and 22. You can't get swept like that by multiple teams in a row. And you can't have the fans lose hope before the season even gets rolling. You want to at least be hanging around 500 or maybe just a little bit below. But just give the fans something to cheer about, especially when trying to come to home games. You want people to go out there, have a good time, and enjoy some competent baseball and just some competitive baseball and there was points last year where the Reds just weren't competitive in a lot of these games so we'll see what this Cincinnati Reds team is made out of and I think there will be a lot of yeah I think it's just one of those years where it's going to be very tricky you can lose the fan base even more very quickly or you can earn them back very fast depending on how this Reds teams play even though the expectations aren't terribly high there still needs to be a lot of improvement you can't lose 100 games like you did last season. Another thing that's really been a topic with spring training has been the new pitch clock. So we're starting to get to see that with Major League Baseball. Even if this is just starting with spring training, this is the way for a lot of these big leaguers to get used to it. Now, what I find interesting is that a lot of the players that were in the minor leagues last year will have a little bit of familiarity with it relative to maybe some of the veterans of Major League Baseball. So this is a rare time where you're going to have minor league guys and guys that are just getting up and rookies. They're going to have more experience in a certain area than veteran baseball players and big leaguers will have, which I find that very interesting that there's that dynamic on display. However, the new pitch clock, some of the things um, and aspects about it, there's a nine-second mark, or at the nine-second mark of it, the catcher has to be standing in the catcher's box. At the eight-second mark, uh, the batter has to be looking at the pitcher, ready to hit. And then the final eight seconds is for the pitcher to come set and start delivery before that clock hits zero. And you're only allowed two disengagements for pitchers per at-bat. So that's all your pickoff attempts. You can only go twice. And if you go a third time, if you do not force an out on your pickoff attempt, it's going to be considered a balk. You're going to give up the base. And that could be very tough for a pitcher just trying to do that. And there's only one timeout for batters per at-bat. So that's kind of the other checks and balance there. So with only two disengagement for the pitcher, you only get one timeout inversely for the batter per at-bat. Now, one thing that people might fear is that the new pitch clock may determine a game. And we got to see that already happen 
within the spring training period as the Braves and the Red Sox, they engaged in a spring training game, of course, and the bases were loaded for Cal Conley of the Atlanta Braves, and he had a chance to win it. But sitting at a full count, he failed to look at the batter when there was eight seconds left on the clock. He was kind of caught like looking down as soon as the clock hits eight. And the umps called him for strike three as a result and forcing the game to end in a tie. And especially given the situation when the bases were loaded, there was a full count and it was the bottom of the ninth inning. Game tied six to six. If it's a ball or if he gets any sort of hit. The game is over, and the Braves walk it off. It's just insane that you have a game that can kind of end like that. And with it being spring training, I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure, obviously, on who wins and who loses this time of year. However, once the season starts and when playoff implications are on the line and games are coming down to these sort of plays, it can be very tough. I can feel like there could be scrutiny from teams that may get kind of robbed out of their opportunity to try to win the game on the field because of the whole pitch clock situation and same thing there might be times where pitchers will have to deal with infractions even hunter green of the reds he had some times where he's still kind of adjusting to it and he got called for a couple of uh, balls because the pitch clock went down and he made some infractions to it as well and that's kind of what creates a little bit of a polarizing debate between some people and other people but i think overall i think it's a great thing for baseball Coming from a newer fan's perspective, something that really turns off a lot of people is how long some of these games can be and how long they can drag out. And especially if you're a parent taking like kids, for example, over to the ballpark, Great American Ballpark, for example, for Cincinnati Reds game. It can be great, obviously, when it's a nice game, when the Reds win and you just have a good time. But when it ends up being one of those games that's a long running, three and a half hour, four hour type game with really long at bats uh really high pitch counts and everything like that maybe four or five pitchers used in a game uh just gets to a point where it really starts to drag on and you might not be getting out of there till midnight and you gotta think about it with families it's really hard to take your kids and keep them there throughout the entire game if the game is really dragging on that long for a weekday game so i think having an opportunity to shorten the game to a degree could be pretty huge for the sport of baseball and just making it more interesting and more uh, palatable for a lot of the newer baseball fans because right now with what is happening with the sport of baseball, they need to find ways to engage in other ways and just being able to continue to better its public perception because right now I feel like There's obviously the baseball purists and the people that are true to this sport and been fans of this sport throughout their entire life. But it seems like baseball doesn't create a lot of new fans very easily, which is something that the sport really has to address. And I think this rule has an opportunity to do so. You're having already much quicker games that are going on right now. I think it makes it a lot better for the fan experience, for just having the game flow to go on. Not to mention how much more exciting it could be in terms of stealing bases. That's an area where the Reds were kind of weak at last year, didn't have too much success on the base paths. And just given the type of team that they want to run, they're not really a power team necessarily. Like uh, you think of your Angels or you think of the Blue Jays and some of the other teams, Yankees, of course, too, teams that are kind of your power teams that try to hit a lot of home runs or even the uh, the Phillies, too. I'd say that they also had that uh aspect as well and Astros of course um, winning the World Series but just being able to have a team where you're going to try to get guys on and try to get them through uh, this is an opportunity for you to get some more chances to get steals on the base pass especially if pitchers are only allowed two disengagements to try to do pickoff attempts you can really take advantage of that and play some mind games if you're a really crafty base runner and a bit of a technician and creates new niches for specific players that can be able to do very well in terms of just having a good sense for stealing bases and just add more entertainment value to the game i think when people are making attempts to steal these are some of the most exciting moments in baseball whenever i'm broadcasting you're like runners goes the runner goes and he's safe i think it's just an exciting part of the game in general so i think overall it's going to take some getting used to for a lot of people, but I think it's going to be a great thing for the sport of baseball. And I think we've already seen some positive improvement already within spring training.
So this will take us to our final break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Blue Jackets and the Cavaliers as our local teams and finish it off with our hot picks for tonight. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. I'm not a numbers person. I couldn't do math the old way. Now there's a new way. Have you ever thought like this when it comes to your kid and math? You're not alone. With kids more than half a grade level behind in math because of COVID, now is a time parents need to jump in and be part of the equation. And you don't need to be a math whiz to help. Visit BePartOfTheEquation.org to check whether your kid is on track with math. Find tips, videos, and more at BePartOfTheEquation.org today. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. It's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to Make It Happen. Today on Hey Culligan, smooth skin and soft hair comes from where? Here's Mike. Hey Culligan, I've tried every conditioner, lotion, and body wash known to man, and my skin still feels like sandpaper. It could be your water, Mike. Oh, that's harsh. More like hard water. Are you interested in smart, high-efficiency water softeners from Culligan Water? Huh? Want baby smooth skin and soft, luxurious hair? <laughs> yeah, can you hurry? I have a date tonight. We're already on the way, Mike. Let us help you out with the free in-home water test from a local Culligan Water expert at Culligan.com. People who come to Cricket stay with Cricket, just like our customer, Christine. I'm a director and a performer. I got a free phone from Cricket, and I've used it to live stream 73 of my shows on social media. How do you like it? It's fabulous! Switch to Cricket and get a free Samsung Galaxy A14 5G. Smile! You're on Cricket. Real customer paid for testimonial limited time. Must bring your number to Cricket on a $60 a month. First month service charge and tax to its sale. Phone streams, video, and SD. Cricket 5G is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and other restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You are listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Welcome you back to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Cedric Granger, voice of the Athens Bulldogs, and one of your hosts here with the Sports Fan on 970 WATH, joining you here on February 28th, the last day of February as we've already made it to the end crazy enough as we'll be getting into March as 2023 starts to chug along and in the show we got to talk a lot about Ohio sports as well as national college basketball and a little bit of baseball with the Cincinnati Reds and my thoughts on some of the rule changes going on in MLB now we'll go and switch gears to the ice as we have the Blue Jackets who will be in play and you can hear them on the radio coming up after this show as they will take on the Buffalo Sabres at 7.30 on ESPN Plus and Hulu, a part of the ESPN Plus Hockey Night. But, of course, you don't want to watch. You can listen to them here on 970 WATH. But the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's been a very rough season, lots of injury issues. And even though they did have a little bit of hype coming in with the addition of Johnny Goudreau, uh, things have just really fallen off the rails for this Blue Jackets team. And now they're in the race to try to get the top pick. They've not really had a lot of success and a lot of luck when it comes to winning these draft lotteries. But maybe this time will be it. And the Blue Jackets, if they continue to Stay at the bottom of the standings. They may have an opportunity for some of the top prospects that are going to be coming up through the ranks in hockey and will be drafted into the NHL. The Blue Jackets, they stand 19-35-6, and and they're going to be going against a Buffalo Sabres team that is having a really great year. They're 31-23-4 right there in that playoff mix as well, so it should be a very tough out. For the Columbus Blue Jackets. However, you can listen to that 
tonight as the Blue Jackets will be on the radio. Then another game to be excited about. Cleveland Cavaliers don't play tomorrow, not today, but tomorrow against who else but the Boston Celtics. The Celtics, one of the best teams in basketball, and the Cavs will have an opportunity to go on the road and face off against a Celtics team coming off a loss to the New York Knicks. But the Cavs, which aim to start their month of March strong, they did pretty well in February, picking up some big wins throughout the month. Also did have their fair share of of tough losses, including to the 76ers and the Nuggets, but they were able to also pick up some big wins over teams like the Grizzlies last month, Pelicans on the road too, and being able to hold serve against a lot of the weaker teams in the Eastern Conference to really keep their standing in a good spot. They sit at fourth in the Eastern Conference right now, and they'll continue to be one of the biggest competitors there. They do seem to be just a little bit behind the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Bucks right now in terms of play. Also, the New York Knicks are red hot on their tail right now. However, the Cavs, they can continue to play strong basketball, get really good effort out of Donovan Mitchell continuously as Mitchell has been phenomenal this season. I think they're going to be in for a great year. But if things were to hold and the Cavs were to play the Knicks at the end of the season, I think that'd be a great playoff matchup for round number one. I think a lot of people would really enjoy getting to see those two teams face off. But only time will tell. But this season, it's really starting to come down to the end here as March Cavs, they got 14 games there and then only four games in April. So we're under 20 games away from playoff basketball in the NBA. With that said, speaking of the NBA, let's go into my hot pick for tonight. And today I'm going to take the Thunder money line tonight at home against the Sacramento Kings. The Thunder have had a brutal schedule lately, and they are really kind of falling out of that playoff race. They did face off against the Kings in their last game, and the Kings were able to win that one. But I don't think they're going to let the Kings win and beat them twice in a row. I think the Thunder will step it up. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has himself a good game, and I don't think they lose twice in a row to the red-hot Sacramento Kings. They break their three-game win streak, and I'll take the Thunder money line tonight against the Sacramento Kings. It's going to be pretty much a pretty tough call as there are a lot of good NBA games, but I just have a feeling about the Thunder tonight. I think they have the opportunity to come up with a big win and really get themselves back on track. They've been very competitive in terms of just making sure to stay in the mix and keep themselves alive, and this is one of those games where I think they'll keep themselves alive, even though there is a very very solid team that they are going against on the other side of things with the Sacramento Kings who sit at third in the West and they're just a game and a half out of second places. They have been one of the feel-good stories of the season and we hope to see them continue. But as for me, my name is Cedric Granger wishing you a goodbye from the sports fan here on 970 WATH. We'll be back same time, same channel tomorrow for more sports talk. Have the great rest of your day.